Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of Your Graves Hobby Podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything from tabletop RPGs to tabletop board games to tabletop war games and everything those particular hobbies encompass. Um, so, uh, today, not plugging anything, because um, Glasgow Game Gathering was this weekend, um, already been, so nothing to plug there, um, and I'll, I'll probably plug uh, Glasgow District at the end of the episode. Um, so, as I said, I was at G3 this weekend, uh, not G3, the Glasgow Game Gathering this weekend, um, it was the first time that they've had the Game Gathering, um, and you know, it was quite good, you know, quite good for a first for a first go at a, a show. Um, it wasn't particularly busy, but um, it the size of the hall that they had, I think, probably did that for you. It made, made it not look as big as it was because you know everything was quite well spaced out. What you tend to find that shows is they're not really that evenly spaced out. Um, you know, there's not a big, you know, big gap. And you know, there's enough of a gap that they legally have to have, but. Um, with this, there was, there was quite a wide gap between all the tables and the traders, and you know, all the traders were all around the outside. But as you would expect, apart from in the middle, there were some traders in the middle as well, which was quite interesting what they did, because it's quite a big hall, and um, the main hall in Bell Houston Sports Centre. So, I mean, they could have crammed in a lot more people, um, like businesses and stuff. But I think for a first go, um, and it it was quite a good one because it was also quite a, a good mix obviously because they had RPGs and they had board games and they had um, war games um, and like participation games and everything um, you know that, that was quite an interesting combination and also the, the combination of um, businesses that they had all the traders that they had you know you had Common Ground um, I think Static World Deleter, I don't actually remember seeing them. Um, but you know, you had Warlord, you had um, you had all the, the ones that you expect at a Scottish show, um, and all the big ones that you expect as well. Maybe not all the big ones, but you had Reaver Casting, you had Warlord, I can't remember everyone else that was there. Um, but it was an interesting mix, you know, of, of different types of traders and different things that they had, so there was something for everyone, something for board gamers, something for war gamers, something for RPGers, there was actually quite a few um, companies that do RPG kit, so that was quite, it's quite different uh, from any show that I've been to up until this point, um, but that's good, you know, they're, they're not um, copying what everyone else is doing doing their own thing and I commend that because it's, it takes a risk it's a risk to take um, that they didn't have to do they could have just gone with the old, the old formula that, that Claymore have got and a lot of the other shows have got or gone a wee bit more radical and gone with Falkirk's um, we Falkirk do things um, but they, they've gone totally radical they've gone down their own thing you know they've run it their own way, which you know I think's actually pretty brilliant, pretty um, pretty well done, to be honest. Um, there was a lot of local traders, and there was a lot of 
um, Scottish Scottish traders as well. You know, they were supporting Scottish Scottish wargaming and gaming and you know RPG and everything, which you know you do get uh, the other ones, but it doesn't feel like it was done. It doesn't feel like it's done for on purpose. Um, with the other ones, I think they've done it on purpose. With um, obviously this particular show, because um, you know you had, but you had loads of different um, traders, but also you had um, Flags of War. Um, Ian for Flags of War, he was there with all his stuff, um, and he had quite quite a selection um, of stuff as well. So you know. You know, it was, it was quite interesting. Uh, as I said, it wasn't particularly massively supported, uh, but I think that had a lot to do with the heat uh, because it was it was very very close. It was very very warm, um, and also at twenty ninth of June, it's a bit late um, in the summer to be doing it. I think because the schools in Scotland had just obviously going on holiday on the Friday um, so a lot of people were going on holiday on the Saturday or going ho- on holiday on the Friday night or something so you know you've got that that impacted on it you've got the heat that impacted on it um, I mean Bellhouston isn't difficult to get to you know you can get a train well you, you can get a train to Dunbrick and you can walk for 20 minutes which which I found to my own, my own um, detriment because I was wearing jeans, and, and that was not pleasant that walk. Um, thankfully, I got left in the town of one of my mates. Um, but there was you know there was enough board games and RPGs and like war games participation things that you know it was it was built. Um, to be an introduction to the hobby for a lot of people or an introduction to a game for a lot of people uh, so you know I quite enjoyed it um, I didn't get, a, get to spend a lot of time I'll be absolutely honest because I was half dying um, and my knee was killing me um, I had to take the weekend off work because my knee and my ankle and my back and everything were in absolute agony um, so you know, I'm taking I'm taking painkillers and stuff, and walking about and going, I really need to sit down. I really need to sit down. Just have to stop walking about. Um, but the the thing with it as well is that you obviously Falkirk um, at Cle- uh, at Carinade, they use up quite a number of halls and everything for for the show. Uh, everything was on. And then obviously Karenny do the same thing um, under that fucking canopy. Ugh, that's horrid being under that canopy. Um, but yeah, to be honest, Claymore's a bit horrid to be at anyway. Um, let's not mention my issues with Seswick ever on this show because I've all just ran for <laughs> two hours about the shit that goes on with them but you know um, as I said you know it was close it was it was was quite hot but 
it's all in one place. It's all in one big hall. And obviously, I know with Falkirk, in order to get that, they would have to hire a different place than they do. And everyone knows how to get there now. Um, and it's quite easy to get to the Graham High School. So I'm trying to find somewhere where, you know, it was... Um, it was... Uh, it, it does fit all in the one space. It would be difficult because... Falkirk is obviously a much bigger show because it's been running for what, 11, 12 years now um, so it is a massive show so everyone wants to be there I think with the Glasgow show it will build up and build up and build up and they might need to go somewhere else because you might not get all that space you, you might fill up all that space that they had Um with more people you couldn't get any more traders in there I don't think you could get any more traders in there to be perfectly honest um, I think it was just jam packed so you're, you're not going to get any more traders for that which might be a detriment but might not be at the same time because you know you might get the right ones you might get the wrong ones you might get the best ones coming and the, the best ones um, I mean, the thing is, I think for that particular show, I think they got the balance in traders very right, very, very exactly how they should have. I mean, I went round maybe three or four times, all the traders, and I'm like, I had to stop myself from spending a lot more money than I could afford. Let me be absolutely honest about that. I mean, you know, we're talking. I could have bought Mortal Gods for 50 quid. I could easily have bought that for 50 quid. Um, I could have bought some of Sarissa's buildings for more money. I could have bought more games than I did. Because um, I will talk about what I bought in a minute. Um, I just could have, uh, There was so much stuff that I'm like... I mean, the, thing, the one thing was, there was no Scale 75 page, which I'm thankful for because I would have bought a whole load of scale 75 paints at least I never saw scale 75 um, there was reaper paints but there wasn't a lot of them there wasn't a huge selection and then there was another there was MIG as well, somebody had MIG but again there wasn't a huge selection and if I'm going to go through it I want right okay I want like three complementary colours so three shades of the same colour and I want to go through them and see how they work so um, they didn't have that, so I was like, well, no, I'm not going to buy them. Not that I could use them. Well, I can use them now, but at the time I, c I couldn't have used them because I never had a table to work with um, uh, to paint on, so um, at that point, anyway. I got one on yesterday, Sunday. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything, it felt quite balanced for board games, RPGs and war games um, obviously you know the big one like Warlord Warlord will do, of course you're going to, I mean that's the thing I think I, it's quite important for Warlord to support uh, the all war gaming shows, I think you tend to find they pop up everywhere Um like every weekend that there's a show, they go, and I think that was that was that's the thing with Warlord, which I feel Games Workshop um, 
miss out on is supporting the hobby um, outside of their own stuff. I mean, obviously, Warlord don't have. I mean, they'd have their own shop down in the, the headquarters in Nottingham, but wherever it is down there. Uh, but obviously, they don't have shops everywhere else, and a lot of their stuff gets sold through independent stockists and gets sold at shows. Um, so they support. What do you think Games Workshop should be doing more of? I know it's counterintuitive for them, but you know, I think they should be doing better in that respect. Um, I've done about 10 minutes on this show, and I thought I wasn't going to have that much. I wanted to get a couple of interviews with people that were at it, well, were involved in um, making it. My mate George, he was involved in it, um, but what I'll probably do is I'll get them on probably if they're going to do it again which I hope they do I really do hope they do because we need more shows we need more good shows in Scotland we'll get one bad one and one good one and ones that I never go to so I can't tell you whether or not they're good or not Um, so we need more shows and more good shows in Scotland and having one back in Glasgow is really nice because you know it's easier to get to than any of the other ones I have to get a train and walk like I mean don't get me wrong I had to get two trains to this one but um, that was purely because it's so far away it's on the south side which is two different lines Um, but Falkirk it's hard to get to because yeah, you've got to get a train and a bus and you've got to walk some distance and stuff that for me I mean Claymore I'd have to get train into town train to somewhere in Edinburgh and then bus to where um, the the show is so you know well that was what maybe 40 minutes travel not including the 20 minutes walk that I had um, you know Falkirk it's 40 minutes probably to Falkirk um, from here and then you've got the bus ride and then you've got the walk so it's probably about an hour and a half two hours and Claymore certainly that far for me so having one in Glasgow and at this time of year as well is is quite good Um, I think maybe pushing it back a week or two might be the best idea for it but you know that's my opinion and that might have been the only time they could get it um, but yeah, pushing it back at two weeks, so you're still school time, so you're still getting school kids and everyone to come in and play. I mean, the thing is, it's in a sports centre, and it's during the summer holidays. Um, I know a lot of the humidity came from the the swimming pool, um, so you know, obviously, you know that didn't help with the with the with how hot it was but um, yeah you would have thought there was there would be maybe a wee bit more foot traffic from the people that were actually using the sports centre but I don't know whether there was um, so maybe having a wee bit better better signage or stuff to, to get people to to go to that 
it once they're finished swimming or in the gym or whatever um, because you know it's not necessarily that because you're sporty you're not going to be into gaming I mean look at me for crying out loud I used to play loads of sports and I used to do martial arts so I'm not exactly the, the picture of the well right now I am because I've got a belly and the glasses but um, you know I'm not at my best the picture of a um, of a of a gamer, really, <laughs> or what you expect from a gamer. So you know, I love my sports as well as loving my, my gaming. In fact, you know, ask anyone how crazy my fanatical loyalty to Celtic is. It can be a little crazy. Also Scotland, but you know, that that's because I'm Scottish. Should be fanatically loyal to Scotland. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's me talking about 15 minutes. About it. And I, I honestly thought I wasn't going to have this much time to, to talk about the show. I probably repeated myself about half a dozen times. But um, So what I actually picked up from this show was Kaiju Incorporated, um, which is a game that I've already played. Um, it's quite an interesting wee game. Um, I'll get it to six. Right, um, yeah, as I said, I uh, got Kaiju Incorporated, um, which is a game that I had actually played. My mate Alistair had it, um, and I quite liked it. So I was like, right, I'll pick it up um, whenever I can. Um, it's for three and up. Uh, um, it's like a resource building game, um, where you you have you get victory points for various bits and pieces that you pick up. Um, so. On it, it says a 30 foot lizard has just trampled the city. Uh, as a business owner, your future is clear. Rebuild and wear asterisks uh, and make kaiju skin bag handbags. Um, so it says step into the shoes of CEO in a land threatened by a giant kaiju. It's up to you to turn the shattered remains of your city into profit and prosperity, but watch out for the next wave of monster attacks. Make money, construct buildings, and research products related to the war on kaiju. Collect victory points to ensure your company's domination. Can you lead your company to success and prosperity amid the rubble and concentrate a blob attacks? Who will corner the market on kaiju skin bags? Now, <coughs> as I said, I played it once. And that was enough for me to go, right, yep. I'm going to buy that. Um, so, I will probably do an uh, unboxing and a uh, playthrough of it for the YouTube. Um though I've lost the bag for the the, the counters. So basically made an alt there is five players. It's a five player game. And for some reason I'm gonna get four of the um, sorry, hold on. Right, so it's got um, cooperation cards, it's got kaiju cards, it's got items that you build from kaiju parts, it's got your tracker on it, with your kaiju attack and your Eureka, so that's when receipt. So when research, research track loops collect one face up new product card, when kaiju track loops you must enact, enact the effects of the current kaiju card. So as I said, I'll, I'll go through it as and when be um, as and when we go through it. Right, so there's um, five corporations. The Squai Group, based in Beijing. 
Mm, so it gives you bonus VP for different number of different cities. So five VP for the most Hong Kong guards at the game end of the game. And um, Babi Yagich Corporation <laughs> based in Moscow. Bonus VP for different cities, and then five VP for most fly the Vostok. Hawkesbury Limited is based in Canberra, so five VP for the most Melbourne cards. Monster Santo based in Washington DC. Um, so 5 VP for the most San Francisco cards at the end game and Kaiju Moto Kere 2 based in Osaka so 5 VP for points for the most Tokyo cards at the end of the game there is some quite tongue in cheek things in the game um, so for Hong Kong you've got Killer Robot Panda Factory for Electronic Mecha Limited Melbourne and War Office Mobile Battle Droid Attack Tech Wombat uh, uh, so Electronic Mecha Unlimited it's got a Mecha Emu at the, at the front so it's like um, Levi Stress Super Textiles so L-U-T L-S-S-T I don't know where that comes from and Fabergé Kaiju Egg Factory for Tokyo so F-K-E-F some of them, you know, you can go through them and obviously the the letters spell out something that has to do with um, that particular country or whatever it is. And obviously Moscow has the Kremlin. Um, but, you know, the Emu and the, the Wombat are the ones that always get me for um, Melbourne. Um, each each card has a, has a colour and that so you say at the beginning of your turn so I'm going to activate my reds or my yellows or whatever it is that you, you're going to activate and it's a colour if I remember right but as I said I'll, I will do a um, unboxing and playthrough at some point with the game um, so no, with the product cards um, you have Kaiju Mojo male enhancement pills where the guy is massively muscled and um, you've got open carries Robosword which is a mecha with lots of weapons and <laughs> Kaiju Mucus Moose yes as you expect Mazer Lawnmower so it's basically a laser lawnmower Kaiju Shin can bag. So this that stuff all gives you either things when your rivals do things, money when income comes in, um, or just basic four VP with the Kaiju Skin handbags. So you've got Kaiju Methane Super Powered SUV. For each your turn, industrial red cards in your tableau collect three VP. It says tableau, tableau. For every two um, Eureka of income in your tableau, collect one VP. So these are all like end of the game, or they do things in your turn, or stuff like that. Um, I think, basically. Kaiju Horn Traditional Medicine, 5 VP. Hmm. Kaiju Burgers, 5 VP. Kaiju Amusement Park for each construction card in your tableau 
and collect 2pp. Um, so obviously you don't necessarily always get like all these cards, all these kaiju cards, all these, all these um, cards that you can pick up for technology. Um, just look at some of the kaiju. So Blobstera, discard one rival turn construction card. Megathor, Mechathor, bank accounts just to zero. <laughs> Calgon, discard your one your turn construction card. Um, Amanda, give one new product card to the player with the fewest new product cards. If multiple players tied for fewest, choose one. If you have or are tied for the fewest, do nothing. <laughs> Mothballera, lose two building cards of cost two yen or three yen. So there's this. Mecha Conga. Your research uh, track is reduced to zero. So each kaiju does various different things as well. So as I said, I played this, quite enjoyed it, um, and that's why I picked up. And again, as I said, at some point in the near future, I will do uh, an unboxing and a playthrough for, um, for the YouTube channel. Because there is no YouTube episodes left. To, to run, I have ran out. <coughs> right, uh, the other things I picked up um, were a couple of Keyforge um, decks. Now, I've never played Keyforge, but my brother and a couple of people that I know play it, so I thought might as well pick up a couple of decks. Um, and it was the Call of the Archons, the first ones that I picked up, but I've got, I've since picked up the um, starter box for the, the Age of Ascension. Um, do exactly what it was. Two six. Um, yeah, I think it's Age of Ascension. Um, <laughs> yeah, Age of Ascension. So it's the Age of Ascension um, starter box I picked up. Now the thing that I like. I liked the idea of because I played Magic the Gathering a long time ago, um, and deck building games like that just frustrate the crap out of me because unless you've got the latest, greatest, best thing that you can have, you're gonna lose most of your matches. The thing with Keyforge is every deck is set. You buy a deck, you cannot go right. There's a there's one from another deck because on the back of it it's got a picture it's got a name and it's got all the kind of groups that the stuff that's in your deck are from so with one of them that I've got is the bulwark that fearlessly heats cavalry an interesting name so it's got Brobnar or Brabnar Shadows and Untamed so that is the, the factions that are in that deck and it gives you a card with all of the cards that should be in your deck. Um, so you take that card to a tournament, you take take this deck to a tournament, you say that's the deck I'm using for this game, and they can check it. There's a there's a an app that you register all of your um, decks with and no matter what you can't go, oh there's my deck because they can just go through it and go, well, that's not 
No, you don't even need that because you look in the back of it and it's not because every deck is unique every deck is named unique every deck has what's it, what, what factions are in it on the card so you can't cheat it it's one of those things and I like the idea of that so I bought two decks so I, as I said I got the bulk book that fearlessly heaps cavalry And then I got Crow the Rapidly Celebrated. The, the random names are brilliant. Um, I, I do know there was a, a bit of issue with a few of them because they were a bit naughty. Um, but that's fine. Um, so Crow that Rapidly Celebrates is Logos, Mars and Shadows. Now, I have no idea how it plays. I've just, I'm just interested in it for the fact that it has that. And, and I want to play it. And, and everyone that's played it seems to enjoy it. Um, which which is a thing for me. If if I haven't played it, I look at the people that I know that have played it, and they're like, "Well, I enjoy it." And it's different people, completely different types of gamers, and everyone I know that's played it enjoys it. So, yeah, so sorry, I get interrupted by my phone there. Um, spam call, spam calls. Um, Never mind. Not going to get in here. Um, so as I said, yeah, different types of gamers. All of them like playing this game so for me that kind of goes well I'm going to buy some of them and as I said I've, uh, so it's a unique deck game by Richard Garfield and they are all the decks are unique only problem is I'm going to have to find a, a deck box for them I'm going to have to buy a deck box for them because my deck boxes are all um, taken um, so yeah so that's what I picked up from there uh, this weekend I was actually in Games Workshop this week as well for Warhammer Day. Now, I, I don't know what. Now, I went in, I went in to buy a white dwarf. The place was packed, and it's much smaller than it was. I mean, that's. I, I, I don't know if, if anyone knows, but I've actually been for an interview for Games Workshop in the old store in Glasgow, at Warhammer in Glasgow. Um. And it was like twice the size in the place that they've got there. And it's like, why have you downsized this, this small? So I thought, that's my thought to myself. Was why on earth have they downsized so small? Um, but, you know, that's up to them. Uh, anyway, so it goes in. Pick and goes, um, have you still got a copy of the White Dwarf? Yeah, he's like, yeah, but he gets interrupted by somebody. Which is fair enough, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, so I see, well, he's got one. Hands it over. Um, somebody asks if they've got any of the Sisters of Battle left. The new ones, the, the, the limited edition ones, I don't know whether they are actually limited edition ones, but the, the special character ones that they brought out for Warhammer Day. One left. Hands it to somebody, somebody else is looking for one. This is at, what, 20 past, half past 10? And I think I know who actually was in front of me in the queue that wanted one. Um, it's somebody out of Fallen 12. Um, but, you know, he obviously ordered that um, through mail order, but it's like, it's 20 past half past 10. You only opened up half an hour ago. And everyone knows how much the anticipation 
for sisters a battle is it's grown, it's gone nuts. There's people that have you know I mean there's people like off Office Painter on um Twitter who have been painting um Sonic Sledge, who've been painting all the old stuff, um and ante- anticipating an actual army for it. I know Sonic um Office doesn't actually play the games but you know um I actually want to have him and Leaky Cheese and Scarlet and Stormguard, all four all four of them on the show at some point. Um, so I can I want I'll I'll listen to the podcast that they actually had um, last night well they had it on Saturday but I listened to it last night um, and I'm like yep I want all four of them on because I think that would be just let them have that not just Games Workshop um, questions but like everything gaming wise you know what they played what they want to play how they paint, all the rest of that kind of stuff. But I want them all on individually first. Um, so I'm going to reach out to all four of them at some point in the near future. Actually, um, I posted it on Twitter and Scarlet um, reached out to me, so I need to sort of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I need to sort that. But uh, as I said, half an hour in. And you've ran out of that, and I think there was about three lots of the um, objective tokens for um, Apocalypse, which was pre-order on Saturday. <laughs> and you're like, where the hell is the product support? Where is the? Where is all of the? You know, um, as as I said, product support for something that you're you're obviously going to know. That people are going to want, people are going to be raging when stuff doesn't actually turn up. Um, I mean, I know for thing because I was I, I overheard that we're saying it. You know, it's it's one per person um, on everything, but still, I mean, it, it's not like that figure is not going to be available to to buy. Uh, but yeah. You support it a wee bit better. That's that's the biggest problem I've been seeing from Games Workshop recently, is lack of support on their figures. You know, they sell out too quickly. All the products are selling out like that, and they're like, "Well, we don't have any more. We won't have any more for X amount of time." And it's like, "Fuck's sake, man! You need to get your distribution and your, you know, your product like management and your." your manufacturing all working together and actually doing it getting it right I mean I, I know you obviously you're all, always going to have um, stuff that runs out but the way that their stuff goes it's ridiculous because it's two or three weeks before they've got anything back in or it's a month maybe two down the line before it's come back in and you're like that's not very helpful and I do know that they do have issues with their, their production because they're looking at, at I'm pretty sure they were building a new warehouse um, or a new um, production facility so they can in, um, increase the size of their um, their, uh, their production um, like all their, their moulding and all the rest of that kind of stuff um, I do know that was going on but because they can't add to the current one, 
but at the same time, if you're going to release products, you release them. The problem is that everything's gone to plastic, um, as well. I think, um, I think that was. I mean, it was a nice idea, but, um. I think when you had the characters in metal and you had your troops in um, plastic, that was probably the better um, course for them. But, you know, what do I know? They made record profits last year. But, you know, you're making record profits, but you're still pissing off the, the fan base by not having stuff when they want it. And it doesn't help that. Like all the third party manufacturers have been hanged out because Games Workshop don't want any competition which you understand right? but the third party weapon manufacturers if you're playing um, Horace Heresy like, like my army I mean half my army isn't, has not got bog standard um, Games Workshop parts because I had to go out and buy power axes for my this one. I had to go out and buy helmets for my this one. I've had to go get plasma guns for my um, bikes, my outriders, um, because they're, they're basic space marine bikes. But I'm converting them. I converted them into outriders. Um, but you know, I've had to buy parts from third-party providers, which bangs me out of an official heresy tournament. Even though I all my backpacks for my um, jump troops, because all of my troops are plastic, none of them are, are um, metal. They've all been converted, or they're just the the ones that are, for, are from block sets. So, you know, for the vast majority of them, they've got at least a B bit of conversion. Um, like they're space wolves, so half of them have no helmets on. Um, because we all know Space Wolves don't like wearing the helmets. They like having the hair free and the beard free. Um, and looking like crazy fuckers. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't get power axes in the, the box sets. So I have to go out and buy them. Um, you don't get jump packs. You can't get the jump packs free from the actual figures. Even though they sell, like, the... They could sell the jump packs and they could sell the weapons for any of the jump pack troops separately. Because all they do is they take the tactical squad ones for those figures and then put them in that. It's no different. <laughs> the figures aren't any different. So, it's Forge World though. I mean, I'm not a big fan of how Forge World do things. Um, or how things are done at Forge World, but, you know. That's that's neither here nor there right now. That's not a conversation to be had um, right now. But as I said, I'm I'm not feeling the the way that Games Workshop are doing things like that. And I know it's me bashing Games Workshop. I love playing Games Workshop games. I love playing Games Workshop games. And it's, I have and always will probably. Um, I can love playing the games, but I can also dislike the way that the company do things. Um, and I'm not doing it for the sake of it. 
than people might think. People, I've actually had that from people. It's like, oh, you just bash games off short because, and this isn't person. This isn't um, uh, from anyone that I've interacted with on Twitter or anything like that, or on here for this. It's just like I'm not bashing them for the sake of bashing them. I'm not bashing them because it's popular to bash them. Um, I'm bashing them because that's how I fucking feel um, about what the way that they act and the way that they do things. Um, I mean, I know I have got an issue with recruitment as well. That's my own personal issue with the recruitment policies and the way that they do things. I think the shop managers shouldn't have anything to do with it. And the shop managers too close to the regulars, but that's that's my. He's going to give the job ahead of a regular before he's going to have give the job to an outsider. Also, the fact that you know you don't play just Games Workshop hinders you, right? I can talk about Games Workshop till I'm blue in the face. I can talk about my history with the games. I can talk about how to play the games. I can talk about all these things, but because I don't purely play Games Workshop games, because I don't purely paint the way Games Workshop paint, because, you know, I'm not a neckbeard, well, not everyone in there is a neckbeard, but you know what I mean, because I'm not, I don't kiss the arse of, of Games Workshop, um, I don't think that I'll ever get a job there, because... But also because I'm not a regular in the store, I'll never get a job in there. That's my personal opinion. That's my personal opinion about how things are going. You know, the shop managers could come to me and say to me, "Listen, this is what happened." That's fair enough. He, you know, but I got a, a bog standard reply of, um, you know, we need to look at the, um, the advert closer. Um, to, to the kind of person we want at Games Workshop um, but you know Stephen could come to me and go to me listen this is what happened this is why you never got the job it wasn't anything to do with that it wasn't anything to do with this and I'll be great okay fair enough that's fine but you know right now my thought is I don't fit that particular um, mould that they want for their staff because I'm a lot bit different from what they're looking for, what what their what their ideal staff member is. But at the end of the day, I've been gaming for thirty years. I've been painting for on and off for twenty. Uh, I've taught people how to play games for at least twenty five years, on and off. Well, maybe not twenty five years, but you know what I mean. It's at least I'm saying at least twenty five. It's probably at least twenty. Right. I've been teaching people at least 20 years probably more than that to play games um, and I love games workshop and I love, I love playing games workshop games so how the fuck am I not an ideal player an ideal ideal um, member of staff oh, I'm going in and around but I'm not because I'm stopping myself um, but yeah I'm I have my issues with Games Workshop. I'm going to always going to have my issues with Games Workshop. But I still play the games. I still support the games. I'm still going to love the games. It's not me shitting all of them because it's I hate them or it's you know 
the popular thing to do. I'm shitting all over them for certain things, but I'm loving them for other things because I want to see them continue. I want to play their games. I want to have fun and all that. But um, we'll get past that. We'll get past that. Uh, so, as you probably are aware, in a couple of weeks I'm going on holiday. Um, a week on Saturday, I believe. It's um, so next week will be the last one. This recorded on a Saturday, pro on a, on the Monday, probably. Um, what I will have is I do have two. Well, I will have two Infinity episodes to upload because we played one last Monday and it's getting edited. We're playing one today and it's going to get edited um, over the next week or so. I've also got an interview with Philip Lochner. Um, the guy that's behind Domains um, that was a really good interview I really enjoyed um, talking to him um, and I'd have him on in the future when Domains is ready to go um, um, I'll also say to any friends of mine that are podcasters that have a different style to me find out about um, Orderly Publishing uh, and Philip Lochner and have him on the show um, because you'll have a completely different interview from me and it'll be interesting um, counterpoints and also he needs as much publicising as he can get right now um, because of issues in Croatia with crowdfunding um, he can't really get that much um, support um, what else uh, yeah so that's three that I'll have I might get Scarlett um, interviewed in the next week or so and that'll maybe be in the the chamber for release. I might get Leaky, I might get um, Stormgrad, I might get Office, I might get all four of them um, interviewed in the next week or two to and um, get them uploaded. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's not just. I mean, with those particular people, they're, they're people that I want to talk to. But if any of you want me to reach out to people to talk to them I mean I do know somebody who worked at Modifius he was briefly coming to our club in Falkirk um, Ben Greybeaten um, I know he's worked on a couple of the, the Modifius products um, I'll give him a shout uh, and see if he wants to come on and talk to him possibly um, but uh, as you probably know, I've had a bit of an issue with getting to the Falk the not Falk Club, the Thursday night game uh, with D and D, um, so that is on a hiatus for a little bit of time for me. Um, it's probably the rest that well will be for the whole of July. I will not be there, um, and I haven't been there for about three or four weeks. Um, so what's going to happen is they're going to start a new a new um, campaign. Uh, hopefully this week um, and then when I get back I'll be able to jump in uh, it looks like it's going to be steampunk which is interesting because it's not one I've ever actually played it's never, I've never actually played a steampunk thing. Um, I've, I've written steampunk um, you can find it um, it's called Strange Tales of the Scriptorian Vault I think there's two there might be one there might be two um, can't remember off the top of my head now. I've not actually got it to hand. Normally I do. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, two, either one or two um, stories are written in that that are mine. Um, so, yes. No, it's one. It's definitely one. It's two in another one. Oh, well, I can't remember the other name of that one as well. It's shocking. I can't remember what I, what things I've been published in. And it's, it's not for the fact that I've had loads of stuff published. It's just my memory's fucking atrocious. Um, but, yeah, if you want uh, Strange Tales of Scriptorium Vaults, it's a full steampunk um, anthology, uh, if I remember rightly. Um, and that is by Crystal Inc. Publishing. It's a friend of mine, Sammy, and some other people involved in it. Uh, find it, download it. You can get it on Kindle or you can get a paper version of it. Um, yeah. That 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 is steampunk. So I have actually got I'm I'm rambling again. I'm really good at rambling. Um So yeah. As I was saying, it's the first time I will have ever actually played a steampunk um set of adventures, campaign, what have you. Um and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to going back, to be honest. July is going to be a bit of a bear month, gaming-wise, because obviously, right, we're, I'll be here, I'll be at the club t- this tonight, I'll possibly be there next week, but then the week after that and the week after that, definitely won't be there, because it'll be holiday, and then the week after that I might be there, but I'm not 100% sure, so I, I'll, it's going to be a very barren game gaming month for me. So, as you can imagine, I cannot wait to get back to um, normal service <coughs> with gaming. Um, yes, I think that's... that's. I, I obviously won't be at Glasgow District, um, but I will plug them. Um, so, Glasgow District Board Gaming Society. Uh, I have been a member of the club for a good number of years. Um, I can't remember how many off the top of my head, but it's turning on 20 probably actually more than 20 now um, it's actually 21 or 22 years I've been a member of the club um, trying to build a member base that isn't just purely board gamers we're trying to bring in board gamers RPGers um, so what we're going to be doing is the first two uh, sessions at the club are free um, I think the table cost after that is £3 each um, so that's table hire for three. if it's two years then you pay £6 and um, treasurer takes it or whoever's in charge of the money at that point takes it and then when we um, go to AGM we're going to consider changing the way that Obviously, memberships paid, um, or whether or not you can just pay um, ten pound or something like that to become a member, and then you pay your table fees whenever you can, you pay your your nights fees, which will be cheaper than obviously, or your days fees rather than nights fees. Then I, I think that's that's an idea that's in the pipeline. Um, so. 
paying like a £10 and then maybe paying £2 per time that you're actually there rather than you paying 50 quid and like me never ever turn, turning up I'm, I think I've been there like half not even half the year at this point um, because of various things that have been going on same as last year I have rarely been there over the last two years but I do go to the shows for them I do I do support them um, and as I say there's going to be tables for board games and tables for RPGs you know if on a Sunday either well, every second Sunday you're having a problem finding somewhere to play or at all you're finding somewhere hard to play we're there for I think it's half twelve to half five so that's five hours of gaming you can get in and as, as somebody who plays RPGs you probably get about two and a half hours at best in a session at normal so you're taking, you've got double the time you normally have for a session so it kind of works out that yes you're not going to play every week but you're getting that time that you would normally have every week to get through stuff so um, that you know and for £3 or £2 if you're a member um, it's not bad it's not the worst I know places that are much higher um, so you know it's something to think about if you're a gamer and you're looking for something to play also what I want to stress is um, I know the club has had in the past and I bemoaned about it um, a less than open arm policy for fantasy and sci-fi gamers and what have you and, and non-competition gamers and all like historical only like 15 mil um, but I haven't played a 15 mil game in about four years um, so and I don't play um, historical <coughs> only historical stuff I do is sharps practice that's it haven't done anything else and I mean granted I haven't been there a huge amount of time over the last two or so years but um, it's still not just purely historical it's not purely 15 mil it's not purely competition you are welcome if you come along somebody will talk to you somebody will get information from you on what you like to play um, you can email me at um, Hobby corner at gmail.com about it you can call, email hold on um, yeah, as other than myself you can um, contact um, Dave Watson the treasurer um, head or secretary <laughs> even sorry treasurer is Gary Weston um, uh, balkandave at gmail.com and he'll try and find some, we'll, we'll all try and find somebody to accommodate you um, I'm not going to be there this meeting or next meeting um, but I'll be there on the I'll tell you what you mean I will be there next I will be there on the 4th of August um, I think that's the day after Claymore um, maybe the next week's Claymore but I can't remember um, anyway I'll bring along some board games and stuff um, if you want to come along and play 
And I think that is me for today. I think that's me talked enough. It's almost it's almost an hour. Um so as always, um I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Um we're almost at a thousand listens, which is huge. Um so what's gonna happen in the next wee while is obviously I'm gonna be away for a wee while, so I'm gonna upload some episodes and try and get ahead of the game will be a little bit ahead of the game obviously next week I will record on Monday I'll be done, I'll be ready um, and we can get it going and then after that it'll be the Infinity Podcast it'll be the interviews, as many as I can get done between now and we're going on holiday um, and then I'll, I'll go back to the the this kind of podcast where I just talk drivel. Um I might want to do one for Claymore and that week. Um and anything comes up, obviously I'll talk about it. So I'm gonna say good day and happy hobby guys. <laughs>